Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I'm Dylan Waugh. I am the sidekick. I am the R2-D2 to Ken C-3PO. Today we're going to be talking about the second round of the playoffs, which is the Battle of Alberta, the Flop of Florida, and of course the St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, and the other two. I'm just kidding. Check us out on Twitter at HockeyNoFilter, at underscore Dylan Waugh, and of course at Ken underscore Campbell 27. Well, Ken, I always figured for the intros, second time's the charm. At least. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. third. Sometimes <laughs> third. I don't know what my record is for for the most tries cool. I've tried with it, but uh, I, I've been doing it in one one and done lately. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Your your um your your record is actually pretty sterling. so a few weeks ago there was a comment on apple Podcasts. don't forget to comment on apple Podcasts from luku 71 that said funny old guy with no numbers five stars and you know i'm proud i'm happy for you (laughs) i'm I'm happy for you ken's giving the thumbs up for those listening on audio i'm happy for you but i i wanted something just for myself so okay. IQ48 from Sweden <laughs> said, dry less old guy with numbers, five stars. Well, there you go. And that's a different guy, right? Like it's not the same That's a guy. different guy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Two different yeah. people. So um, where's, the, where's the first guy from? Switzerland. Oh, okay. So you got, you've got, you're, you're, you're massive in, in Sweden and I'm big in Switzerland. <laughs> Well, all we, we know that is, one person from each country likes us. All we need is, to, all, like, we're the David Hasselhoff to Germany <laughs> in Switzerland and Sweden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't get arrested I, here. Can't get arrested here, but big in Switzerland. <laughs> I I laughed out loud. I think I said something to that effect on the, on the last podcast. I was like, well, where's my comment of dry less old guy? But... Uh, so I laughed out loud reading that. That was pretty good. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um, should we get to our YouTube questions before we uh, jump into these uh, series? I'm uh, I'm I'm free and easy. So just so that any everybody's aware, uh, thirty two thoughts has been doing this gimmick uh, throughout the playoffs uh, of the car cast, which is that Elliot is so busy that he's doing he's recording these episodes from his car. Oh, okay. He's so busy. Well. Today we are doing the cottage cast exactly. because Ken is so laid back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I am. Laid back. <laughs> yep. Enjoying life here in Grand Bend, Ontario on Lake Huron. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we'll be doing a boat cast at some point. And <laughs> yeah, we, we got called, all kinds I'm, of. I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> yeah. We, we got all kinds of great things in the works. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. So August West asked us a couple of questions on YouTube. Thank you, okay. August. Uh, I, if that is indeed your real name. Uh, and first thing was, has the refereeing standard changed from the first round to the second round? I don't think so because there is no refereeing standard. <laughs> there just isn't any. <laughs> There's not a standard. Like, tell me what the standard is and I'll tell you if it's changed. It, it, it changes from game to game, from period to period, from shift to shift. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there seems to be a lot less being called, if that's what 
if that's what you're alluding to. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not seeing we're not seeing, I don't think, near as many penalties as we saw in the first round. But I mean, to suggest that the standard would, has changed would be you'd, you'd have to you'd have to accept that there is a standard in the first place. And I don't think there is one. So I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I think that the standard has not changed. Um, I, I And I use the term standard incredibly loosely, yeah. right? Hence yeah. why I disagree with you only slightly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess what I would say is that I, I think that players have adapted to what – essentially not everything is being let go. We have actually seen – Calls for cross-checking in this playoffs yes. as compared yeah. to last playoffs. Um, so not everything is being let go. And uh, I think it's being officiated a little bit tighter than a little more akin to the regular season and whatever that standard is, to your point, Ken. And so, yeah, I, I, I'd say that it hasn't necessarily changed from the first round to the second round. I think that the players are are getting used to it. But at the same time, we're still seeing crazy you know, three guys in the box for each team. We're still seeing these these wild, um, you know, situations like that. See, what I don't get here is, is okay, the Brandon Hagel hit on yeah. the Watts Raining. Okay, so first they call it a major and a miscon, yeah. and, and, and he's out. Then they, they dial it back to a minor penalty, and then the NHL finds him. So what was it? <laughs> well, because you don't get fined for minor penalties. You don't get fined yeah. for two minute penalties right. in this league. So what was it? Who messed up? I think yeah. Don Koharski was the uh, the rules guy on that broadcast. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, no, this is going to stand. This is going to stay a major. And then they, mm-hmm. they dialed it back to a, to a minor penalty. And then yeah. they turn around and find him. And, and, you know, you know, in their defense, they find him the maximum allowable under the collective <laughs> bargaining agreement, which I think is really, you know, that's really going to learn him. That's really going to teach him. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. These guys have spent less on a haircut. And also, actually, also the maximum allowable under the CBA, they're not actually getting paid for these games, are they? They're not. They're not. But they still have to Me, pay the fines. No, but, so I, but when you're technically... Really Technically, couldn't you argue the fact that if they're not getting paid for that game, they can't be fined for that game since the maximum allowable under the CBA has more to do with pay percentage? No, because no, the maximum allowable is like five grand. It's pretty pretty straight across the board yeah. um, when it comes to fines. It's it's right. when you it's when you get suspended as a repeat offender. It goes from days of the season to right to get to games. So okay. the, the fraction is a, is, is a lot smaller when you're a repeat offender. So you lose more money, but you're right. right. I mean, if a guy gets suspended for a bunch of games, he's not losing any, he's technically not losing any money. Like when yeah. Nazem Kadri gets suspended, got suspended last year for eight games in the playoffs. He really didn't lose any money. Yeah. 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 You've got to make it to lose it. Mo money, right. mo problems. That's what I always say. <laughs> and I, I did. I said it first before it was a popular expression. As of oh, you did, eh? Yeah. Yes, well, yes, yes. I didn't even know it was a popular expression because I'd never heard it before. <laughs> now, so I would have given you that one. Your kids are too young for it. Are they? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, the the second question from August West is: Is there a place for blues? Barbashev hit on Gerard 
or Hampus Lindholm, or should the rule be revised or revisited? I think well, I think they're referring to head contact. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know, Sam Girard has a broken sternum, so obviously it wasn't a head thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you I don't know how you 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 know guard against that. You know, yeah. I mean, and we've seen some really weird hits this year. Even the one Jacob Truba last night on Max Domi. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, people were talking about it as a garbage hit. But if you watch, like Domi's actually falling when Truba's committed to making the hit. So that's right. why there's a bit of head contact there. I mean, I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, if unless you ban all hits to the head, which I'm perfectly willing to have that discussion, and right. I think there are definitely merits to having that discussion and definitely merits to considering um, making that the rule. Um, yep. You're going to have these kinds of hits because sometimes a guy avoids, sometimes a guy puts himself in a vulnerable spot. Sometimes there's a height difference, you know, and, and so sometimes these hits end up being headshots and they're inadvertent, but mm-hmm. you know, you could also argue that an inadvertent high stick still ends up being a high sticking penalty. Right. That's so, exactly my argument. Right. So, yeah. so I'm 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 a hundred percent prepared to have that discussion. And I, I would be a hundred percent behind, you know, looking at, at changing that so that so that all headshots, regardless of intent, regardless of any circumstance, are penalized for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. and there have been people calling for that. I mean, Ken Dryden's been calling for that for years. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually a Ken Dryden interview on CBC Radio, which for our listeners out of the country, such as Switzerland and Sweden, yeah. <laughs> is our national broadcast association, much like the BBC is in uh, in England. And sort and, of like what the NPR is, but not quite. <clears throat> yeah, except that, you know, it's actually um, funded. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, CBC uh, Ken, did an interview with Ken Dryden, and, and Ken Dryden said, Possibly the most salient point I've ever heard on the subject, which was the head doesn't know the difference of intent. Right. Right. And so I, you know, the, the fact is, is that we will to play hockey, there will never be a zero risk to your head because you can get concussed just from shaking your head too fast. Mm -hmm. And there are motorcycle helmets now that are designed that they've got an inner layer that can move separately to the outer layer in order to prevent your head from shaking too too violently in a crash, which can concuss you despite not having actually hit your head. Hmm. So the, the head is a very delicate tool to say the least. And so I do think that we should be doing all that's possible. I mean, you know, as it stands right now, we see a lot of um, headshots get called back because the the shoulder was brushed slightly. Yeah, yeah. You know, while driving through the head, you know, after a particularly nasty one last year, I tweeted a long thread of boxing gifts where there was knockouts. But as the guy was making the knockout punch, he grazed the other boxer's glove on his way through. Right. And I said, right. well, that's not a knockout because he grazed the boxer's glove. That one's not a knockout. That right. one's not a knock. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just. Right. Yeah. And because principal point of contact. Right. And exactly. that's, what, that's what the NHL judges this by. And, and if the head is not the principal point of contact, even if it, you know, glances off his shoulder or, you know, whatever, um, you know, that's not considered a headshot. So. You're exactly correct. And that's. Um, but but yeah. he asked, do we need to revisit the rule? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That rule. Like I think yeah. all that to they, say, yes, emphatically. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for, and for exactly those reasons. Right. Um, so let's move on to some of our, our, the, the fun stuff, the playoffs. And let's start off with uh, the flop of Florida. That's a good, that, I like it. I like it. The flop, yeah. the, the Florida flop. That's the Florida that's flop. The Florida flop. Well, it was, the, it was the battle of Florida. And so yeah, I, yeah, the flop I, of Florida. Know. Okay. I get it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I, that, that was where I picked the wording, the order of the wording, but um, I'm sure that, that this will be coming out in Substack soon. But uh, so perfect time to plug kencampbell.substack.com. Check it out. Just wrote a long article about uh, Nazem Kadri yesterday, and uh, which was very good. I, I very much enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, so subscribe to the Substack for Ken's writing. And of course, you can get this, this podcast directly in your inbox. If you prefer to listen to podcasts over Apple Podcasts, please give us a subscription and a review. Always good. And if you only like listening to us for about eight to 10 minutes at a time, then check us out on YouTube where this all comes out as little clips, little sound bites, and of course, Check out the Hockey Podcast Network, which we are affiliated with. The flop of Florida, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Florida Panthers. Give me your initial thoughts. To me, it, it was it was the closest comparison I could make to what the way that Tampa Bay Lightning played in that in that series was <clears throat> the Canadian Olympic team in Sochi. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, That's like a good one. like that. It was that dominant, and yeah. and and. So much so that when you can remember and you can describe in your mind's eye each one of the goals that the goalie gave up in that series, yeah. you know it's dominant, right? Like yeah. three goals, yeah. three yeah. goals against a team that was an offensive juggernaut in the regular season. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I think I, I just don't know that the Florida Panthers ever got over their case of the yips that they had in the first round. Yeah, against um, the Capitals. <clears throat> yeah, and and they were just completely unprepared for what was coming at them. And and I mean, obviously, Tampa was much much better in round two than they were in round one against Toronto. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky was better. Um, they they just and and I mean, now it's to the point where like, why do they even bother playing the third period if Tampa's up by a goal? They just don't give you anything. They right. give you nothing, like nothing. I mean, they beat they beat the <laughs> the New York Islanders one nothing last yeah. year in Game yeah. Seven, yeah, of the uh, yeah. conference final. Yeah, they don't they don't give you anything, and they are really really hitting their stride right now. Like I look at the other series, and I I mean, Carolina's good, but Carolina has see- not hit a, what I would consider their stride. They haven't for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but like I look at that series, and I'm like, I don't see either one of these teams being able to beat Tampa in, in the, in the conference final. I, I just don't see it, especially now that they're going to be rested, you know, yeah. and, and they're, they, you know, I, I don't know what this means for Braden point, whether or not he's done for the year, but um, yeah, I mean, Tampa is absolutely and unequivocally rolling right now. And yeah. uh, I, I, if it is Colorado and Tampa, I think that'll be a great series. But I mean, how do you bet against the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? How do you do it? Like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I would say that, well, like, Hawk. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I would. No, I wasn't going to say anything important. Go ahead. I would say that hockey is a sport that, um, you know, unlike others, 
other sports, their the ability for one team to beat the next team is much higher in the sense that you we've seen teams have multiple players have career years and they go on an absolute tear even though it's not a it's not actually a good team if you look at the career averages of these players they they didn't put together a good team then they make the general manager you know look like a genius um but so so there's so much involved in winning that you know you made the 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 point that you couldn't see either carolina or or new york beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I guess what I would say is you're absolutely right because, you know, you find teams that, that manage to get their way onto a roll. But the fact is that Tampa Bay is just already rolling. It's just, they are firing on all cylinders. It's, it's absolutely uh, outrageous to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning play right now. This is, this is one where the championship pedigree is really showing, you know, I mean, it's, um, it is, uh, it's, it's stunning actually how, how clinical they are, how good they are, how, how solid they are at every position, how they can, how they've learned to straddle the rule book like perfectly, perfectly. Um, and you know, the thing that's most impressive is, you know, okay. Okay, so you want to grind it out defensively and play a one nothing game? Okay, that's fine. We're good. Yep. Whoa, you want to score? Yeah, well, we can, we've got some pretty good players, so you we can do that me. too. Yep. You want to get down and dirty? You want to get down and dirty and, and play in the alley and make it a borderline violent series? Okay, yep. yeah, we'll do yep. that too. Just throw, throw at us anything you want, and you know what? We're going to end up dictating the terms of, of engagement here, not you. <laughs> you know yeah and yeah yeah so so i you know i mean did i expect florida to put up a better fight absolutely absolutely yeah. um you know i mean buffalo traded sam reinhardt for a reason <laughs> you know right. uh, yeah. he was he did nothing he did nothing yeah. Yeah. um y- you know calgary and, traded sam bennett for a reason the yeah. other sam yeah, Who yeah. Did nothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and Sergei Bobrovsky has has probably in 4 years hasn't stolen a playoff game. You know, he's been okay and I think he was okay in this series. Yeah, he was fine. But he didn't steal anything. He he didn't yeah. steal any games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he didn't he didn't let in any I shouldn't say any, but he didn't let in very many what you would call a soft goal or an easier goal. He played about what you would hope that a playoff goalie would play. Well, and for that team, he he shouldn't have had to play any better for that team. You know what I mean? He sh- well, like, like Darcy yeah. Kemper doesn't doesn't have to be as good as Jake Ottinger. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's a got, fair point. When you've got that kind of team in front of you, you don't have to be that otherworldly thing. You just yeah. have to be good. And yeah. he was, he was okay, but he didn't steal. Like he didn't steal. Like he didn't even come close to stealing any games. So I, I want to, I want to bring up two quick things about this. Um, both. Well, one of them, I hate to be constantly referencing the competition, <laughs> but uh, you know, on 32 thoughts, uh, Jeff Merrick was, was talking about relating the Tampa Bay Lightning to the New York Islanders of the 80s. Yeah. And 
And I was thinking about a story that I heard. I don't remember where I heard it, but it was shortly after Mike Bossy passed away. And the story was um, that the Islanders beat the Oilers, right? In the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on their way to one of their cups. And it was, and the, last Mike Bossy, it was the last one. It was the fourth one. Right. Yeah. And Mike Bossy said something to the effect of step in line, young fellas. It's not your turn yet. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and that's kind of like what this looked like, where it's just like you've got this team that's just winning. They're just they're just a a, a bunch of winners. Yeah. And uh then they go up against the, the Florida Panthers who, you know, think that they have it and they've they've gotten boy. Uh, that's the kick in the pills. Dusted, dusted. They got yeah. dusted. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I I would take that that analogy to the New York Islanders even another further step. You know, <clears throat> the years the New York Islanders won the Stanley Cups, their four Stanley Cups. I'd have to check. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I don't think they ever finished first overall any of those years. Well, you know? there's the President's Trophy curse. So yeah, curse. well. You know what? No. I don't know that it's that much of a curse, to be honest with you. I, you know, I mean, you still put yourself in the best opportunity to win it. You know, I think right. the President's Trophy, the team that finished first overall, wins it about twenty five percent of the time. You know, that's still better than any other placing that there is. So I don't know that it's that much of a curse, but yeah, yeah. I do know that that you know, I mean, that you you know, down the stretch and and at certain points in the season. I thought the Tampa Bay Lightning were playing at 80%, maybe, maybe Politely. 80%, you know, yeah. um, and they've, they've learned, they've learned to, um, to pace themselves. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay Lightning, man, like it, it, with the Florida Panthers, like here comes my little troll moment. Come on guys. Even the Montreal Canadiens took a game off of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Right? And <laughs> and like two of those guys had to retire after the series was done. But um, but even to that, the other thing that I wanted to mention was, you know, how often in uh, Montreal land it was mentioned how you can never win with a $10 million goalie. Now, Vasilevsky is just shy of $10 million. Right. But for all intents and purposes, like he's a $10 million goal, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're really splitting hairs here. You're not even talking about a league minimum contract in terms of the price difference between the two of them. Um, and just their roster construction, their team construction has just been so smart and so calculated. It's, it's really, really something else. And it, it goes to show that you, you can win it with a $10 million goalie. And even if anything very much behooves you to have a $10 million goalie. Uh, but you do have to indeed build a team around that $10 million goalie. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I mean, Tampa's been, a, you know, given a master class at that. Right. They really, they really have. And, and the thing that I think is odd is that I, I don't know if it's that nobody has tried to duplicate their blueprint, but rather that, their blueprint has been so unique that nobody has tr- has been able to try it in a way that resembles the original. You know, right. it's like that. Yeah. It's like that Simpsons meme where Homer's got that box of the barbecue pit, and he's like, "Oh, this perfect barbecue pit." And then he like looks at the pile of garbage that he built. And he's like, 
why won't mine look like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's very true, right? One of the reasons why theirs doesn't look like that is because they don't have Al Murray as their, as their director of scouting. You know, I would argue that, that, you know, there's one of these years he should get their most valuable player award. Um, Because yeah. he's the guy who's finding the Braden points in the late rounds. He's the guy who's finding Ross Colton. He's the guy who's right. finding Yanni Gourd. He's the guy who's finding, you know, Tyler Johnson and all these guys. Like him and his staff are the are the guys who are, are finding those players and mm-hmm. and drafting them. And then of course, you know, the development process is second to none. Um yeah. so you know, I mean, that's how you're able to keep salaries down. You can afford to lose your whole third line and replace them you know, move Ross Colton up from the fourth line and, 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 you know, then get yourself a Brandon Hagel and a Nick Paul and away you go, you know, yeah. and you've, you, you know, it's, is it as good as Yanni Gord, Barkley Goudreau and um, Blake Coleman? No, yeah, no. but it's good enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's definitely good enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, finding, finding role players that fit their system perfectly so well that they don't even look like role players yeah. anymore. They just well, that, like that Brandon that Brandon Hagel trade that that Breezeball made. Like I'm not sure he doesn't make that trade anyways. Like forget about the trade deadline. Forget about replacing guys. Like yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm Breezeball, I'm like okay. Well, I can give up these picks that are going to be really late picks anyways. Um, and I'm getting I'm getting a, a sure asset for another year at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I know, something that plugs a hole. And mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, okay, so we don't have a first-round pick. Big deal. We'll just, you know, Al Murray will just find somebody in the third, you know, yeah. or he'll just find an, un, uh, um, you know, an unrestricted free agent out there that that nobody else has really has put much stock in, you know? Yeah. So final question on this series, um, because, of course, everything has to relate to the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point or another, right? <laughs> You you know what the question is? The question, yeah, and it's a, it's a yeah. dumb question, but go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Have I given Have I given you any other kind of question, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, what does this What does this mean for um, Toronto Maple Leaf fans and the team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and and the way that the fact is is that the Florida Panthers were considered here, and the Toronto Maple Leafs were considered all the way down here. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would, I would say, I would argue that it wasn't as much that Tampa was having trouble finding their stride in the playoffs as the fact that the Leafs were making it very difficult for them to find their stride in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think that once you put the, this Florida Panthers uh, series as your context, I'd say that the Leafs had themselves a heck of a series. I thought that they had a good series. But I'd say that they had themselves a heck of a series. Yeah, they did. They did. But the Florida Panthers were never up 2-1 in the series. They were never up 3-2 in the series. You know, they were never in this series. The Leafs had this series. They had it. You know, they show up in game four, up 2-1, with a chance to take a stranglehold on the series, and they put out their third line and their 5-6 defensemen for the first shift and get scored on in the first minute of the game. And then look awful the entire game yeah. you know yeah um you know so so like to me it's like that that's a bit not revisionist history but you know now people are saying oh well i guess we should blow up the florida panthers too right well no no you shouldn't blow them up and you shouldn't blow up the toronto maple leafs either 
Like yeah. nobody's advocating for them to blow things up. What I'm advocating for nobody's is nobody's saying is advocating for that. Yeah, yeah. Like like I'm not I'm not saying blow up the Toronto Maple Leafs. What I'm saying is you cannot come back next year with the same president, the same GM, the same coach, and the same four core players. Like yeah. that you know, changing one of those isn't blowing anything up, you know? Um, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, yeah, do the Florida Panthers need to be blown up? No, but it's obvious that they, they, they're missing some pretty key elements there that need yeah. to be changed, you know? And, yeah. and they, they, you know, I mean, they, they haven't gotten it and they, you know, I mean, a lot of people were comparing them to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't have a lot of guys who, you know, really were, you know, I mean, battle tested and, and had been part of long playoffs runs. I mean, they got right. shot at the deadline, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and, and and you know, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, they're in the enviable position that I think that the biggest impact change that they could make is also the easiest change to make, which is the coach. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they the are, easiest yeah. person to trade to change is always has always been the coach, right? In in professional hockey. And in the Toronto Maple Leafs case, I think that that actually is the right move, not just a scapegoat move. And I'd I'd, I'd give it a shot with the with another coach. But well, anyways. or or you could or you could, I mean, JT Miller's getting traded this summer. Yeah, you think that's a pretty much guarantee? Yeah, JT Miller's gone in Vancouver. Like they're going to trade him. Yeah. Like, can you think of a player that the Leafs could use more than a guy like JT Miller? Like that's exactly that's exactly yeah. the kind of player they need, right? Yeah. yeah. So, do you do you consider trading William Nylander for JT Miller? I mean, uh, you save tall you order. Save, you save one point seven million on the cap next year if you make that yeah. trade. So you're 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 you got a bit of cap breathing room. Nylander's under contract for one more year after that, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So really, you know, you've got. One, you're basically trading a guy that's got one year left for a guy that's got two years left, and you're filling an enormous hole yeah. in your lineup. Yeah, um, I think I think you you definitely look really long and hard at making a trade like that. In my opinion. Yeah. All right, hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So before we get accused of having all Toronto bias and then later on be accused of having all Montreal bias. Let's get accused of having all Colorado bias and talk about. Okay, just the same- I just, there's one thing I want to say here. I put two fingers up like this, but there's one thing I want to say here. And that is, I, and it's got nothing to do with any of these. And that is, right? here, here's the church. Here's the steeple. The steeple. Yeah. Open yeah. The- 
stores and here's the people. Um, yeah. it, the um, no, this has nothing to do with any of the series. But what's really, what's really, uh, you know, chafing me these days is <laughs> the general managers get to vote on the Jim Gregory Award, right? The GM okay. of the year. They yeah. get to wait until the Stanley Cup final to do their voting, right? Right. Okay, so if they had to do it right after the season, like Bill Zito would probably win. Yeah, right? probably. He he would come he would or he or he'd be a finalist. Well, yeah. that's not going to happen now because they have the benefit of having seen what happened in the first two rounds and now the first three rounds, whereas yeah. the writers when they make their pick, you know, I mean, Austin Matthews is, is almost certainly going to win the hard. The hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, or, or, you know, it could happen any year, a guy, you know, like it happens with coach of the year all the time, right? They pick a yeah. guy and then he ends up losing in the first round. See, yeah. so like, it's not fair. It's just not fair. They get, they should have to pick their guy after the regular season, just like everybody else. And so, you know, I mean, they end up looking really good because they end up picking the guy that they should pick, whereas they've got the benefit of the first three rounds and and we don't. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. What a what a what a shock that the organization stacked the cards in their favor instead yeah. of yours. Yeah. Ken. yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you yeah, not exactly. have you not experienced life yet, Ken? Have you not noticed that this is yeah. a constant throughout everything? Exactly. The man always wins. Yeah. I, I walked, you know, you walk into a car dealership and you think you're happy getting $1,500 off of, off of the sticker price. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're going, Oh no, you're taking food out of my kid's mouth. Or, or they'll be like, I oh, sign here. Or they'll be like, I, I really, I, I'm going to get into lots of trouble for this. Oh yeah. This. Let me talk to the for, manager. Yeah. I don't do this for anybody, but I'll do it for you. And just because, <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to get into loads of trouble for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that referring to general managers as used car salesmen might get us in a little trouble for this one. But nice. anyways, let's nice. not here nor there. <laughs> um, let's talk about the St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche. Right. Tell what me. You, what's that? I said, I said, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. I want to, I want well, to. This, as I, as, as your brain, as you will remember, um, I, uh, I picked, I said that the St. that the Colorado Avalanche had a 100% chance of winning this series. Bet you're feeling pretty uh, stupid now. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) Look, I didn't think this series was ever going to be close because of the, the way the two teams play, but now it's just, now it's, now it's just the chasm is, is so much bigger because Nazem Kadri just decided to stick it up there you know what in game four um, yeah. and, and put on a vintage performance. I don't know if, you know, I mean, there's probably, probably the few people who are listening to this, none of them were born in 1956. Cause not even I was born in 1956, <laughs> but in 1956 in the, in the, uh, there was a series between the Leafs and, and the Detroit Red Wings and Ted Lindsay got death threats during that series and then after the last game, after he scored the winning goal in the last game, he went to center ice to Maple Leaf Gardens and took his stick like a gun and started pretending to shoot. And and I thought I thought Nazem Kadri should have done that after game four. Just yeah. you know, pulled a, a complete Ted Lindsay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was it's it to me it's um it's not fair because 
St. Louis, you, you know, you can't hit what you can't catch. You can't do anything to what you can't catch. And, yeah. you know, they, they're, Colorado's just not letting them play that heavy down low game that they want to play. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, St. Louis is just, you know, they're a team that's, I mean, they lost it after the Binnington thing. Like, you know, they talked about how, you know, we can't have this be a distraction. We, you know, we got to concentrate on the game, you know, and, 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 and that. And, and then what's the first thing they do? They go after Nazem Kadri. Like, Braden Chen chases him around the ice and tries to fight him. You know, David Perron yeah. and, and uh, whoever else it was, you know, get that stupid double double penalty on him. You know, and Kadri, meanwhile, is just like skating away, not having anything to do with it. You know, yeah. showing some real maturity in the face of what was actually a really, really ugly thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and and he's shown a lot of grace here and, and good on him for doing that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean... I would be surprised if this series goes past tonight, but um, yeah, yeah I, I, like I, it was a series that was never going to be close in the first place. And now the chasm is even bigger. What Kadri has faced is just disgusting. It's, it's mm-hmm. beyond disgusting. And it's really, it's saddening that this is still happening in hockey and in, in 2022, but nevertheless it is. And, you know, uh, I don't know. There's 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 so little to say about it that I almost hesitate to bring it up, but it is nevertheless I think worth uh, being brought up for that sake. But um, you're right, Kadri is putting on an incredible show. He had an incredible year this year. Uh, I don't know oh, if you yeah. remember, but at one at one point in the year, he led the league in goals per sixty or right. something like right. that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just, he, he's had an incredible year. He's putting up an incredible performance. Well, he and, carried them in the regular season. He he was a big reason why they were so good during the regular season. You know, they had right, some with all the injuries that they had. Injuries to Nathan McKinnon, they had injuries to, yeah. to um, you know, Gabriel Landeskog, and he stepped up and he was the guy. He was their yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. The, one, the one thing that I want to say, though, about um, the Kadri thing is I – Really rubbed me the wrong way when Barube said no comment. Yeah, that one's that one's received a lot of um, a lot of play, right? And and yeah. actually, you know, Jared Bednar addressed it after the game, and he said, "You know what? We don't need to comment on everything that's out there. And you know, if we choose to not comment, it's a it, it's it's fine. You know, he had no problem with it. But then you look at something that's a little bigger than the game here." This is and the silence yeah. from the St. Louis side is actually, it's actually deafening, deafening now. Like it's yeah. deafening. You know, I mean, you know, Rube doesn't say anything. A couple of the players do, you know, and David Perron and, did. You know, yeah, they 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 said something, and and you know, the organization hasn't said anything. Um, you know, so it is kind of, you know, but. I don't know. Like, is it going to change anything if Craig Berube comes out and says this is horrible and it has no place in hockey? Like, I think it does. I think it does. And I'll tell you what it does. I'll tell you what it changes. What it changes is that some kid who's watching hockey right now and he's playing U12 AA or something like that. And, and he's, he or she is deciding whether they want to go further into hockey and, and 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 let's say that they are a person of color and they see Craig Brube say no comment then they say well the hell am i doing here 
Yeah. I, okay. I'm just I'm just open season then? Forget it. Even if Craig, Bru- Craig Bruby said something very milk toast and like I'm not aware of all of the information and exactly what happened, but uh, if something did happen, then like even if it was the most lawyered up comment, it's still something. Like it's something. I, well, I, just, I don't know that know, it's anywhere near being enough. But it's, of course, guess, it's not enough. I guess it's but something. it's still yeah. something. So yeah. I, I, it really, I that that really bothers me because I just I think about the kid that's watching the sport and the fact that they are watching this and saying. I mean, you wrote an article on it, right? You wrote an article on that suspension that happened to the to the fellow in the in the double IHF um, yeah, after yeah. the incident last year, and and what you said, and I thought it was an incredible point, was we say that we're we have zero tolerance for this and that it has no place in the game. Yet by suspending somebody for ten games, we're saying it does have a place in the game. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It has right. in ten games. It's back. Right. right? And right. so, uh, or whatever the suspension was, it was it was 17 games or something along those lines. Anyways, it's right. happened a long right. time ago. I'm right. in full playoff mode. <laughs> Nothing else in the hockey world, um, you know. So all I'm saying is that there, you know, I, I know it's such a such a trite argument to say what about the children or think of the children, but but truly there is a there are kids that are going to watch this and are going to say so what you're telling me is that there's just there's no place for me because i'm open season right well you know and nazim kadri actually addressed that after the the game four and he said you know like he says you know i'm i'm you know i'm okay but he says what i'm worried about is the is the kid you know who's maybe not as mentally as tough as i am and yeah. is going through some of the same sort of stuff you know yeah. and he, so he did address that yeah. And um yeah, yeah, good on him yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, <laughs> I always laugh at this expression because then I think about a joke about it in Frasier, but the best revenge is living well. Yeah. Yeah. To which uh Niles said, Yes, but you don't hear a lot of opera plots, you know, uh written about that, you know. <laughs> Enraged by the poisoning death of his family, Lufin took his revenge in the second act by living well. <laughs> but truly, truly Nazem Kadri is, is doing that. And, and it's, it, it's, uh, I mean, unfortunate doesn't even begin to describe it, but that he has to do that. But uh, he's, he's really showing uh, a lot of grace under pressure and, yeah. and good on him. Like, and isn't there, I isn't hope. There, isn't there sorry. something that law enforcement can do about these yahoos? Like, like, like they do it in in soccer when a soccer guy has something like that happen to him like i think they they end up like charging these guys you know well we we have hate crime laws yeah in canada and i don't think that they have hate crime laws in most places in america like i like i i think that 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 they consider a, a breach of freedom of speech whereas we say no i'm sorry you can't say uh, I hate all blank people or yeah, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like that's, yeah. that's against our law. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of, of legal recourse, but I mean, like, I, I, I agree with you. Like at what point is, is it a situation where if, if that happened in, let's say a round two matchup of the Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche, if that happened in Edmonton, at what yeah. point do the police just walk in and say, I'm sorry, you broke the law live yeah. on TV. For you know the whole world is, to see. Is like, and this is this is like the stuff. This is the stuff we've seen. Can you imagine the stuff we haven't seen? Absolutely. Like, can you imagine what what 
teams are dealing with every single day. Like, like I think the, um, a person on Twitter today, um, referenced all of the cadre stuff and they said yeah i i it was uh, saski stewart and she used to do the social media for the leafs and mm-hmm. she said this doesn't surprise me at all she said this is not even close to you know how bad it, it actually was you yeah. know so yeah so anyways uh nazim cadre definitely moved, moved himself up several several pegs in my mind yep. uh for all this, but the last thing that I want to say on this point is your point about Ted Lindsay and the, uh, and the, the stick gun as it were. The thing that I love about this is that if Kaji were to do something like this, you know, you know that there would be a lot of old timey hockey people that would be like, this is disgusting. And they wouldn't do that back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is yeah. showboating. Nobody ever yeah. showboated before 1999. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope, not correct. <laughs> yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's um, move on to the New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, this has been an interesting Carolina's going to win in seven, obviously. Like, yeah, I've because why seen... Why would you want even want to win a road game? It's no fun. The crowd's not there. I've never seen a team that's that's so diametrically opposed on the on the road as they are at home. Like, I've you never seen it either. Last night and they just, they just were so unsure of themselves. And, like, Ian Cole gets interviewed after the second period, and he's like, we know we can do it. You know, we know we can do it. We've done it before. You know, yeah. we just have to do it. And then And then it's like, what? You know, you you know what? Like, I don't know. Maybe they need to try something like, like give the Zamboni driver in New York food poisoning and then just happen to have brought your Zamboni driver up with you on the road trip. Like, I don't know what they've got to do, but you got to try something at this point. It's unreal. Oh, well, when we're in Carolina, the ice is black and the puck's white. So, uh, you know, it's hard to get used to. Unbelievable. Like, like. (laughs) That to me indicates that, you know, I mean, you got to, I don't know. There's a little problem with intestinal fortitude when you can't, you know, and, and I mean, but, but in, in defense, I mean, Shesterkin is starting to round into form too, you know? Yeah. I mean, a, a Sebastian Ajo and Tuevo Teravainen have like, they're, they're the shots for and against when they're on the ice. It's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous in this series and they got nothing, they got nothing, you know? Right. So, I mean, the, the, the Rangers are being the Rangers. I mean, they're still being that kind of weird kind of loosey goosey team that, that allows a whole bunch of chances, but yeah. I think is, has, you know, has been everything in this series that he wasn't in the first series. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right on that. But I like to your point, um, Carolina in this series, they're Corsi four leaders uh, at five versus five. Andrei Svechnikov, when he's on the ice in this whole series, he's had 78 shot attempts for and 44 shot attempts against. Yeah, and like most of their forwards are probably going to be somewhere in that range. Like right. it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, so then like let's just let's just list it off. Not not all the forwards, but just for the team. The Carolina Hurricanes have 55% of the Corsi four. 
They have 53% of the shots for. Um, they have 54% of the expected goals for, but only 44% of the goals at five versus five. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. These are, these yeah. are, that's, that's insane. Like it's bizarre. Like normally there, when there is so much correlation between all of the other stats, then the goals follow. Sometimes the course is high and the expected goals for is low, at which point the goals for might go either way, you know, depending on how the team plays. But when there's correlation between all of the stats saying, yeah, we're 5% better than you across the board, but we're 5% worse than you <laughs> in goals, that's a 10% swing. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's absolutely wild. Yeah. So like like you said, I mean, Shesterkin's rounding into form. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they, they might have led like four games in Corsi, throughout the whole playoffs last year, but price was like as good as I've ever seen him yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. And uh, man, we've got a really good uh, lineup of goaltenders coming in to fill the mix. Eh? Mm-hmm. Like as, as that price generation kind of ages out, yeah. Shesterkin and Vasilevsky's like 27. Yeah. Vasilevsky is, is like, I, I'm not sure that he wouldn't be in the hall of fame right now if his career ended. You know, he should be. Yeah, he should yeah. be. If something yeah. happened, like, you know, God forbid, like, you know, an injury in his career was over. He should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Two cups. Yeah. And like, I, I, I didn't really know much about him when uh, when they when when the, the lightning traded Ben Bishop. But uh, <laughs> didn't take long. <laughs> I'll tell you. Not at all. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. But uh, going back to this Rangers Carolina series, I mean, the it's it's kind of bizarre because what you've got is almost the same thing on both ends, which is that it seems like Carolina has really not sorted out their team play, mm-hmm. and it also seems like New York has really not sorted out the team play. The difference is is that the New York Rangers have been playing this way all year; right. they never quite kind of put their whole team together all year. Whereas right. the Carolina Hurricanes have been. Um, a juggernaut have uh, uh, all year in terms of how they played as a team and how they've rallied. And like, you know, if you were to tell me that anti Ranta would play the way that he played so far in this, uh, in this playoffs, I think that the Carolina hurricanes had a pretty good chance. Yeah. Yeah. He's been great. He's been great. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, so, and I mean, we're still waiting for the real Carolina hurricanes to show up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah, but I mean, are they going to get eliminated before they do? Like, that's where that seems to be where it's trending. Well, I don't know about that, but but like, I just, I just, yeah, like I, I just think that this this one will go seven. They'll win seven, and then they'll they'll have to do it again and against an even better team. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going. I don't think either of these teams is 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 going to you know is going to be able to give Tampa Bay enough of a fight to be able to beat them. Anti Ranta has a 936 save percentage in this series. Yep. He's yeah. got he's let in 7 goals and has 10.5 expected goals against. Right. So he's he's, played, he's he's saved 3 goals or whatever, right? Like that should have yeah, been scored, three and a half. What you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's Shesterkin's what are Shesterkin's numbers on the on the other side? <laughs> oh, we should look at that guy too, eh? Yes. <laughs> He has got a 959 save percentage, has let in five goals, and has 12.39 expected goals against. So, like, look at what Ranta's doing. And, like, 
he still can't, they still can't gain any traction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? Is that you've got, it's, it's, you've got one goalie playing exceptionally well by any metric, whether it's the advanced or the, you know, and you've got one goalie playing otherworldly. Yeah. So how much of this, like, so how much of it just becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy now, right? Like, so the New York Rangers can play this way. So they do play this way. Right. And by playing this way, they can create more offense. They can be yeah. more dynamic. They can take more risks. They can do all those other things. So why would you not, you know? You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it's a lot of teams that have excellent goaltending they they rely on the goaltending. They know what they yeah, have back there, and therefore they just rely on it. It's still a position. You right. know what I mean? Like, when you have an edge in goaltending, you still have an edge in one-third of the game. I know? hate when people are like, when people are like, oh, they're only good because they're goalie. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a guy on the team. You, you're yeah, aware yeah, of that, last right? Time I checked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's wearing the same sweater with the with the with the crest on the front, the all-important crest on the front. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to move on? Yep. Okay. Battle of Alberta. First of all, everything has happened exactly as expected. Yeah. Mike Smith has been the far and away better goaltender, just as we all predicted over right. Jakob Markstrom. Um, <laughs> this is that's been a I fun mean, series. Calgary's got to start shooting. Clearly, Calgary's got to start shooting the puck from 150 feet out. Okay, so so sorry, I, that's very funny. But you you also reminded me in game one, like Calgary outshot Edmonton, like what was it, fifty five to yeah, twenty eight yeah, yeah. or something like that? Right, it was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I could look it up, but it yeah. was something ridiculous. And is and, and that was another thing that I was just like, just as we all suspected, Calgary is the one constantly pushing the offense, and Edmonton is scoring on the right know, on the counter attack. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. the counter attack and getting the garbage goals against the goaltender. This uh, this series has been fascinating. Um, I will say this, and and please, Edmonton Oilers fans, I'm loving watching the team, but so don't take this the wrong way. But if there's one team that I could see having an epic collapse out of nowhere, <laughs> it's the it's the Edmonton Oilers. Well, it always seems kind of rather tenuous, right? You know, right? I mean, yeah. and you thought you thought it might come last night when. You know, when they take a three nothing lead, Calgary claws back. They get a goal from 132 feet out and late in the third period. And Mike Smith goes like this. I don't know who I don't know what he was doing. Like like if he was saying, yeah. I'm an idiot or what's going on here. Like, but yeah. I don't know who he was blaming. Yeah. Um and and uh and then and then, you know, what do you know? They they come back and Ryan Nugent Hopkins of all guys who's you know, who really was dialed in last night. He was really, really dialed in last night. Yeah. You know, wins it for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, this series is, um, I mean, you know, after game one, you thought it was going to be a complete shit show, right? Yeah. And yeah. then and then it calms down. And then, you know, as you say, Mike's, like Mike Smith isn't even, like it's funny because this is kind of the antithesis of the Carolina New York series, right? Like right. both goalies are great and there's no, nothing to choose between them, right? Right, yeah. This one, both goalies are not great. <laughs> and yeah. and it's really weird because the one that you thought was going to be better has been way worse. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Jacob Markstrom has just been, you know, and, 
you know, here's, here's, there's, there's your, there's your awards thing, right? He's going to be, yeah. a, he's going to be a, he's going to be a, a finalist for the Vezina trophy. I yeah. think, I think he's a finalist. Yeah, he is right? a finalist yeah. for the Vezina trophy. Well, you know, look what Him, he's doing Saros right now. Shisterkin. Look what he's doing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. In fairness of the three finalists, I would have had him as third. Yeah. I would, I would have Shisterkin, then Saros, then Markstrom at this uh-huh. point in the game. Yep. But, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> He's he's putting some distance in that third place, as far as I'm concerned. Well, he's also putting um, some distance between him and his and the guys that are shooting. Like he's like I swear, one of these times he's gonna like actually skate and go around and stand behind the net one of yeah. these times when he's facing a shot. Like he could be playing deeper in his net than he is, um, you know. And I mean that that puck handling gaff last night was just epic, right? Like yeah. that was that was terrible. okay. So was that not that was the Mark exact Andre same gaff? Like, no, was, but was that not the exact same gaff that Mike Smith did in Game One? Yeah, it was the exact much. same. Get yeah. away from behind the net, and then the dive out in the front of the net. Yeah, and, and it was early in the game. It was early in yeah, the game too. It was like, the exact like same gaff. This one was twenty-one seconds in, and the other one was like twenty-six seconds in, or something. Yeah. You know what Evander yeah. Kane's shooting percentage is in this series? Uh, one hundred and twenty. <laughs> 41.67%. Wow. You know what Connor McDavid's is? 12. Yeah, 11 and three quarters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a very good guess, Ken. Well, yeah, but I mean, he hasn't got many goals. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But and that's fair. But he's he's playing at another worldly level, let's face it, right? He is just you know, outrageous. You know, and and I believe, I really believe that that him doing what he's doing, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, like, like it's, as, it's as close to LeBron James as you're going to see in hockey. I think, you know, I like agree when, with you. when LeBron James would carry, you know, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers to the, you know, NBA championship, like it's yeah. as close to that as you see. And, but I really do think that they feed off it. You know, if they oh, know yeah. that their guy's going, I mean, yeah. I, you know, and then and then you end up, you know, with Drysaddle playing the way he's playing and you end up with Zach Hyman doing what he's doing, which is, you know, absolutely amazing. You know, yeah. and then and then guys like Evander Kane, they all fall into line. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I mean, I completely I completely, completely agree. Uh, I remember reading the Saving Private Ryan book and because uh, my family had a rule. Because I was about twelve or thirteen, my family had a rule that uh, for R-rated movies, you had to read the book before you watched the movie if you wanted oh, to watch okay. an R-rated movie. So All I remember right. reading the book, but it and it described whatever sergeant you know and how he he'd always be dancing through the bullets, you know, running from foxhole to foxhole, and how everybody everybody thought that no bullet could hit them because no bullet hit could hit their sergeant and right and 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 that is that's basically Connor McDavid the way that he's dancing around the ice it, you could you just see the 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 confidence that is imbued and and to everybody else on the team and they're just all they're just all out there doing it i mean it's uh it's a treat to watch Connor McDavid it'll be a treat to watch him in the uh conference finals because he doesn't he, I don't know if it's just me, but he seems fresh. Like some oh, yeah. guys are, yeah. some guys are seeming like, like, like Kucherov seems a little tired to be well, honest. He's, if he's you ask been me. fired since the beginning of the playoffs, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to play the whole regular season. Isn't Cooch? 
isn't it, Cooch? It's difficult to be $18 million within the salary cap. <laughs> old news, buddy. Old news. I'm just, I'm just no, teasing. He, her. I'm no, just and, joking and around. You're right. you're right. I mean, I mean, and and for McDavid, um, yeah, he I looks mean, like he, he could do this standing on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like styled, he could do this standing on his head. Clearly, he's clearly very, very dialed in here, and I think he senses that there's a real opportunity here. Yeah, um, you know, because who knows what this team is going to look like next year? Like, if I'm the Oilers. I, you know, like I was talking to somebody about this last night. It's like, thanks, Evander Kane. You were great. And you're probably going to get some money somewhere else, but yeah, we'll just not from us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. But uh, I got to say, I mean, like um, you're uh, uh, Ken, Ken Holland there is looking like a absolute genius for uh for putting his his eggs in Mike Smith's basket. Yeah, he is. He is. And yeah, I mean Mike Smith has been good enough. You know, and that's that's what No, that's, Mike Smith has been great. Yeah, he's actually been really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah. Mike Smith has well, okay, I was screaming great. Maybe that was wrong. But he's got yeah, a ninth I, like, in this series. What he's doing right now doesn't doesn't like translate into greatness to me in this series he's got a 913 save percentage and has 10 goals against and 10.98 expected goals against so he is playing essentially uh, slightly better than a league average goalie which is okay that's you're right i'm wrong yeah 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 that's gonna be your ringtone for me from you know just (laughs) you're right i'm wrong oh dylan's calling whoa (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, no, you're right. But still, it's, it's, I mean, a nine to 13, it's, it's nothing to sneeze at. And, and when you've got, you know, you've got Evander Kane scoring on almost half the shots he takes, Zach Hyman scoring on over a quarter of the shots he takes. And then, of course, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins just all looking like absolute buttes out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, even Duncan Keith has had moments where he's looked like uh, a, a much younger man. Really good. Really good. Yeah. 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 And uh, Brett Kulak has had a pretty decent series. He was such he, he was such a good pickup, like as for a team. And I, I mean, I called it like covering the Habs. Like I was like, man, some team that's going to be completely cash strapped is going to pick this guy up and give him a reasonable role because he's just been a good so you know what's uh that's one of those ones that you you look at it after and you go okay everybody blew their brains out at the trade deadline but there's always one trade that yeah being the best one that you know that 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 somebody makes and you know i mean look what florida did they went and got claude Giroux and they went out and got ben gerard they went out those things and then you know the oilers go out and get brett gulak you you know what uh mark dumas uh, used to call Brett Kulak when he played for the Habs. What? The Rodney Dangerfield of the Habs because he never gets no respect. Okay. Yeah. I I I see that as uh, as accurate because he just he he never. Yeah, he he just he he never really uh, cemented his place, and yet he played solid defense. You know, the whole way. He's not that physical. He's not that interesting to watch but he just does all the little things well and he's been a good defender. And so, like well, you said, you and sometimes when you don't notice a guy, it's, it's a lot better than when you notice a guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not wrong about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. 
Um, so the only thing that I'll say about this series is that obviously the Oilers with Mike Smith and net, who I still don't have confidence in from one game to the next, because he's just, he's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. He's also 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I became temperamental at 25. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> emotionally, I mean, of course. Right. Um, but uh, as a goaltender, I'm still a rock. <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, the one thing that I'll say is that Daryl Sutter is coaching the Calgary Flames. And if there's one coach that I would think you know, could, could find a way to slow down the McDavid show and, and, and figure out a way to, to really take away that space. It's Daryl Sutter. Now, obviously the Calgary flames are, are without, uh, Tanev. Well, he played last night, but he was clearly hurt. He was clearly hurt. He couldn't, there was a battle in front of the net on one of the power play goals where he just, he just couldn't, he just couldn't contain the guy because he just, he's, he's obviously playing very, very, Badly hurt. Yeah. 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 So, and he's still, he's, he's played 17 minutes last night. Yeah. 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 And he got an assist. So that's yeah. kind of cool. He did. He did. But, um, but my, my point is, is that, you know, even that aside, you've got to think that a, a coach like Daryl Sutter, um, you know, he is, his bread and butter is finding ways to deal with talent discrepancies. And, yeah, but you're not, you're not, like that would that would that would lend credence to the notion that Connor McDavid can be stopped right now, and I'm not sure it can be. I, I really, I, I'm, I'm really not sure. No, you're not wrong. That, like, like what, that's one of those ones where it's like they have no answer for him. They have no answer for him. You know? I'm just saying that if anybody can figure it out, it, it, my money's on Daryl Sutter. But I agree with you that uh, that there is the other thought that you know he might just not be able to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, before we get out of this, watching Conor McDavid play in these playoffs made me think of the greatest player of all time debate. Now, I'm not obviously putting Conor McDavid in that debate quite yeah. yet, but it it gave me a new perspective on that debate, which is that I've always been kind of don't overthink it. It's Wayne Gretzky; he's the greatest player of all time. Why overthink this? Why why make this yeah. a discussion? But I started thinking about. If you apply the idea that the greatest player of all time would be great in every era of hockey, whether it's the dead puck era, whether it's the wide open 80s era, whether, you know, whether it's the hook and hold, um, you know, kind of early, early 2000s pre lockout era. Like if, if you apply that the greatest player of all time would be able to thrive in every single era, um, I'm wondering if it's not Wayne Gretzky. I'm wondering if he does not thrive outside of the era that he played in. And, uh, and I am wondering if a guy like Connor McDavid, like it just seems like he could thrive no matter what era of hockey. Right. You, you dropped him into. But, but Connor McDavid's also had the benefit of all of the evolution that's come with in, in time since those eras of hockey. Right. Like, yeah. you, you know, I mean, I mean, if somebody could have done what Connor McDavid's doing now, 20 years ago, you you got to think somebody would have been able to do it. You know, somebody right. out there would have been able to do it, right? Like, to me, to me, Connor McDavid is, without a doubt, the best hockey player who's ever lived to this point. 
Yeah. Um, he's the best hockey player. He's, he's, he's better than any other hockey player, yeah. but that doesn't make him the greatest hockey player that's ever lived. Right. You know, right. to me, Wayne Gretzky is still the greatest hockey player who's ever lived because you can only measure against the eras and the metrics of the era in which they played. Right. So, right. so in terms of skill, in terms of, you know, ability, in terms of, of, of vision, in terms of all those other things, Connor McDavid is the best hockey player who has ever lived. Now, I'm going to sit here and say that in 10 or 15 years, there's going to be somebody else who is going to be the best hockey player who ever lived. Also maybe it, named Connor. Yeah, yeah, it could <laughs> be. Yes, yeah, it could be. No, but, <laughs> yeah. but, like, but, like, but like it's funny because, you know, it's funny because this th- th- just this past year, you know, I always used to talk about the 87 Canada Cup, right? Right. How great it was. Oh man, it was it's hockey's never been played at a higher level than that and all this other stuff. And and like and so my 21-year-old sat down this year or last year, it was recently in the last couple of years, sat down and watched some of it with me. And he's like, Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is like, a preseason thinking, game. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, okay, in, in like 30 years, you're gonna be sitting with your kid and you're gonna be going, Connor McDavid was the greatest player who's ever lived. You should yeah. watch. And he's probably gonna be sitting there going, eh, I don't know, he's not that great. <laughs> you know? So I, I'm not I'm certainly not saying that Connor McDavid is anywhere close to the Wayne Gretzky level uh of hockey, but I guess I was actually thinking about whether Mario Lemieux would buy my new parameters be the greatest player that ever lived in the sense that it feels like Mario Lemieux and his style of play and, and the amount of different ways that he could beat you could be dropped into any different era and, uh, yeah. and be great. And so that's what I was thinking about with Connor McDavid, not necessarily to say, I, I don't, I don't want to radio myself and be like Connor McDavid should be considered better than Wayne Gretzky, but rather would Connor McDavid be able to thrive in every single era of hockey? And yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, yeah, but, but, but I mean, Connor Van Caver should be considered better than Wayne Gretzky because he is better. He's a better right. hockey player. Just like Wayne Gretzky was a better hockey player than Bobby Orr and Bobby Orr was a better hockey player than Doug Harvey and, right. you know, and, and, and on and on. And Toe Blake was a better player than Howie Morenz. And, you know, right, I mean, right. yeah. they're better. They're actually the better evolves. players. Like, yeah. like, you know, I mean, the whole league right now is better than Gordy Howe. Like even the right. worst player in the NHL now is probably yeah, a better yeah. hockey player than Gordie Howe ever was. Well, it doesn't you know? help that Gordie Howe's dead. Come yeah, on, Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. but like it, it's it's you know I mean you don't you don't measure it by that metric. You measure it by the metric of where they are and and you know in in their career. Like you know okay you can say okay well there were only six teams. Well somebody still had to be the best player. You know. Yeah. You, no, you still point. had to be the best player, and those yeah. guys were still the best players that yeah. were out there in the whole world. You know, yeah. so yeah. yeah. So, anyways, all right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I think we're pretty good. All right. Well, don't forget to check out KenCampbell.substack.com. Give it to subscribe. Check out Hockey Unfiltered both on YouTube and, of course, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Leave us a rating. And of course, check out uh, hockey at Hockey No Filter on Twitter. Thanks so much for sticking around.